You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio. Why would you listen to any other Eagles <laughs> podcast with John Stolmus and Brandon Lee Gowell? Welcome into BGN Radio, your source for the best Eagles analysis in the business. This is episode 65, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Let's get right to it. I'm Michael Kist, here with Brandon Lee Gowton, BLG. May you forever reign. And how you doing, brother? Mike, I'm doing well. It's the second day of training camp. We really haven't gotten into like the meat of training camp yet. There's still no pads. There's no tackling. Um, today was kind of a limited day in the sense of there was just, you know, there wasn't a ton of 11 on 11 or a ton of seven on seven. There was a lot of special team stuff and there was a lot of um, kind of just working through install and different things like that. There's a little bit of action, but there wasn't a ton yet. We're still kind of waiting for that to come on. Yeah. And look, I was telling y'all today in the Slack, even though it's like slowly ramping up with training camp, but the schedule that we have here for BGN shows, I was just looking at it today and it, and it really hit me. I mean, we're talking with Derek Klassen, who wrote about the Eagles for the chapter in the Football Outsiders Almanac. Evan Silva wanted to jump on with us. So that's coming early next week. We have a ton of training camp updates uh, throughout with your boots on the ground at Novacare. A ton of pressers will be getting out to you guys and a new Kist and Solak to wrap up the Rams eye on the enemy installment. Like we're in it. We're here. And, and look, there's a lot to talk about, you know, with expectations and pressure surrounding this team. But I wanted to ask you personally, BLG, do you feel the same thing I feel? Because how are you dealing with the expectations on you and on us as the number one team brand podcast and website this side of the Milky Way. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to promote us uh, right there, Mike. Just kind of throw out <laughs> that we are the number one. But it's true. I mean, what can we say? Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of pressure on me personally, too, as well, Mike, because uh, I screwed up today. Or I, I found out that I screwed up today. I have a story for you. Do you want to hear about it? Oh, of course. I love stories. Okay. So at Eagles training camp today, it's kind of when players are still warming up or doing some kind of position drill stuff. So they're not into the full team practice yet. And I'm standing there, and I'm looking out into the practice field, and Jimmy Kemsky walks over. Um, and he was kind of just standing next to me for a bit. BGN alumnus, Jimmy Kemsky, uh, yeah. now a Philly voice, of course. And so he's hanging out near me, and all of a sudden, Howie Roseman walks out to the practice field. And Howie calls Jimmy over. Uh, so they're talking for a little bit, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what that's all about. So they talk, they talk. Jimmy comes back over to me, and I was like, oh, what, what were you talking to Howie about? And sure enough. Uh, Howie Roseman was telling Jimmy, because Jimmy is, we all know Jimmy is the comp pick guru. He's like yeah. the comp pick guy, the master. And it turns out that some writer out there, some unnamed writer that we have no <laughs> idea who it is, uh, was incorrectly writing about how the Eagles could trade LJ Fort or Andrew Sandejo for not only a pick, let's say like a sixth rounder, seventh rounder, but also get you know the comp pick back because it, that would take them out of the, the equation. Well, Howie Roseman let Jimmy Kemsky know, and Jimmy already knew this, to be fair. Like, Jimmy knew this, but I guess Howie didn't know that he didn't know. Uh, and, and it was actually me. Uh, I, I'm the idiot here who had that wrong. So I just want to apologize for everyone up front. Uh, big mistake by me. Apologize to Howie. But 
as you kind of said before the show, Mike, I have to give you credit for this. Um, this is clearly a sign that Howard Roseman listens to BGN Radio and reads Bleeding Green Nation. So I think that's the most important takeaway from today's training camp practice. Friend of the show, fan of the site, Howie Roseman. We've got, we've got the whole front office and coaching staff with their eyes on us, which is awesome. So so what you said about Fort and Sandejo, so is it that the comp pick doesn't happen? Does it, we don't recoup that if it's a trade. We only get what the trade value is. Is that what it is? I believe so. You would just have to cut them. You know, you would have to cut yeah. one of those guys to get that out of the comp pick formula and potentially get that fourth round pick back. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. How we really set you straight on that one, Brandon. Um, <laughs> that's awesome, though. So, BLG, look, before we get to, into the Eagles camp talk from today, day two, uh, day one, you already covered it on BGN Radio 64. You and Stolness went over it. Great show. Um, I did want to touch on the NFC East for a moment because Jimmy Kemsky, who we've already talked about, wrote today for the Philly Voice that it's not looking so hot around the division in Dallas. You have Ezekiel Elliott missing the team flight in what could potentially lead to a holdout. We're not sure yet at the time of this recording, but we know that Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports has reported that Zeke is looking for a contract in excess of Todd Gurley's four-year $57.5 million contract, which would put him somewhere around the $15 million per year mark, which is the number I've been saying for a while now makes sense. With Amari Cooper looking to make more than that, and also the looming Dak Prescott extension that will probably exceed $30 million a year, plus deals for Jalen Smith and Byron Jones incoming, that's going to be a situation to watch moving forward with the rival Cowboys. Any thoughts on that situation, BLG? Well, I have some breaking news for you, Mike. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is officially not at training camp. Today was the official report day. We had heard on Thursday that he hadn't shown up on the plane. That didn't necessarily mean he wasn't going to show up at all because he could have went there on his own instead of taking the team plane. But now uh, Jane Slater from NFL Network is saying that Zeke is not there, so he is holding out, at least for now. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys are in an interesting situation because they're kind of in a lose-lose to me, I guess, right? Because, like, on one hand, I think paying Zeke is very dumb, uh, yeah. not only because of the running back thing, but also, like, s- simplify it a little bit more and think about how this is a guy who, like, you cannot count on to stay out of trouble, like, yeah. very clearly. Um, so there's a lot of, like, there's a ton of reason to not pay him a big contract. On the other hand... That guy is imperative to what they do offensively. Like, if you don't have Zeke, like, that team is not doing anything, in my, at least very much in my opinion. They need him. So they're in a weird spot. Like, okay, we, we can't pay him because it would be dumb. But also, if we don't have him, then, like, what are we? Like, what's our identity? We're a passing team all of a sudden. Yeah, like, okay. Like, yeah, I really believe that. Not in a great spot. Yeah, when I spoke with Jeff Cavanaugh from 105 through the fan in the DFW, he talked about, you know, you can't pay Zeke $50 million a year if you're going to pay Dak to be the franchise quarterback because you're paying one of them to carry the offense. And if you're paying Dak to carry the offense, he needs to do it. You can't afford to spend that money on a running back. And not only that, I think Zeke is smart in this situation because he saw what the Cowboys did with DeMarco Murray running him into the ground with something like 400 plus touches that year and then they didn't pay him and he goes to Philadelphia and he pretty much has to take like a redshirt year like he was fairly useless here before kind of revitalizing his career after that so if I'm Zeke I'd rather just take a year off basically so it's going to be interesting to follow that situation with the Cowboys they've got a lot of contracts and a lot of things to work out with their future cap situation let's go over to Washington because stud offensive tackle Trent Williams is in fact holding out and if that holds up Eric Flowers is their left tackle, which is just laughable. They are, however, taking a look at the 36-year-old free agent Donald Penn as a possible security blanket, which they're going to need if they're thinking about starting Flowers at left tackle. Uh, In New York, it was reported today that wide receivers Corey Coleman has a torn ACL. 
Sterling Shepard has a dislocated, fractured, or broken thumb. It's been reported three different ways. And the rookie burner with the 4-3 speed out of Auburn, Darius Slayton, is dealing with a hamstring injury. So they are looking super thin at wide receiver right now. BLG, I never mock training camp injuries. You know me because, you know, like the negative karma and also because it would just be a crappy thing to do as a, as a human. So I want to make it clear that I'm not mocking the Giants here, but overall, it seems like the Eagles camp comparatively is off to a much better start than all three of the divisional rivals. Well, you just jinxed it, Mike. And now uh, terrible <laughs> things are going to happen on Saturday. So so thanks a lot, man. I have the power. You have the power. The Giants, boy, uh, their top receivers right now are Golden Tate and Cody Latimer. Mm, yep. Not great. Not ideal. <laughs> it seems like Golden Tate is just going to get like a ton of checkdowns this season, uh, assuming you know, I'm sure Eli Manning will be able to find him. We don't know for sure if Daniel Jones will be able to find Golden Tate. He might be throwing to a, a sideline, kind of like Clayton Thorson was today, where where no one was. Um, so Giants have that going for them. That's great. And then, yeah, you mentioned Washington. I mean, I guess like almost anything is an upgrade at left tackle over Eric Flowers. But, you know, Donald Penn, 36-year-old, coming off injury. He's been available for all this time, you yeah. know, in a league where like people need offensive tackles and, yep. and offensive line talent. So the fact that he's out there, you know, probably not like uh, the savior. Uh, and certainly, you know, even in the best case outcome is a downgrade from Trent Williams. So not great for those other teams, which is good for the Eagles. Yeah, exactly. And let's talk about the Eagles because I saw that Carson Wentz completed a 50-yard bomb today to Deshaun Jackson during the group install. But then I saw and I found out there was no defense. My take is that just shows how much the defense fears Deshaun's speed. Am I right on that? Absolutely. Uh, he's every day, like every day in the spring, every day in training camp, like you're always going to see Carson and Deshaun connect at all levels of the field, really. That's something, you know, we, we you and I were talking about um, a lot. It's not just the deep threat there, mm. although that is a big thing. Carson did overthrow Deshaun today at one point, so uh, clearly did, did sees no. That's big news. Did Deshaun have the Jets on? I I don't know. I don't think Deshaun really ever truly has the Jets on <laughs> in a in a practice setting. That's fair. Game speed is much different for him. It wasn't like he was dogging it. I I just think you know it was just an overthrow from once. But really, outside of that play, I mean Carson has been super sharp. He's been locked in. What about Nate Sudfeld? Because you said you're going to have an eye on him and the uh, and Clayton Thorson. You know what's funny? You mentioned Clayton Thorson. I was thinking before the show, like. Do I have to qualify who this guy is? Do people know who this guy is? The rookie out of Northwestern? How, how are the backups looking? I think some people probably don't. Uh, and yeah. I don't blame them <laughs> because there's really no good reason to. Hopefully, at least this year. Uh, yeah, Sudfeld, I didn't really get a strong impression from him today either way. Thorson, just, man, uh, just a rookie quarterback, clearly. Yeah. Very much you see that when, you know, again, he's throwing to just no one in particular on the sideline, total miscommunication or not being on the same page or just, or whatever. Yeah, and just kind of, a little bit holding on to the ball too much, you know, just not seeing the field as well as you would like him to and kind of just, you know, having to, to settle for a scramble. Thornton, Thorson, I should say, is very much a work in progress. Thorson is a guy that's going to have to get into a rhythm and get used to things to really kind of let that short, quick game work for him. So that's going to be an ongoing process for him, especially as a rookie. So we'll keep an eye on it. Hopefully we don't need to keep too sharp of an eye on it. But anything stand out from the group install in terms of offensive personnel, where, guy, where guys were lining up, or was it pretty standard fare today? I would say standard for the most part. I mean, you, you saw the 12 personnel. That's obviously, that's yeah. great. Again, to me, like that just doesn't mean anything until I see it in the game. Because like I don't want to see it. Like I could envision a scenario where like I'm seeing it in practice, I'm seeing it in practice, and then it's like gets the season, and it's like where's Dallas Goddard? Like I don't, mm. I don't want to be. So I don't. I just I'm almost like cautioning against myself. Like I like seeing it in practice. That's great. I just hope you follow through when it comes to the regular season. So uh, that's good to see. Like, it's better than not seeing it at all for sure. I, I will take it. 
Um, the other thing is that Brandon Brooks is doing group install, which is like, man, I, I, we, John and I already talked about how, you know, he's already back. Like he's not even on PUP. Like <laughs> he's making good progress. He wasn't doing, you know, team drills when they're going against the defense. He was just install against air. But like still, that's good. Like to see him getting reps there, like again, I just I feel like he's gonna be ready by if not week one, like week two, like week three at the latest. Like it that's seems so like wild. he's gonna be ready to go early on. Yeah, that that's wild too, because PUP, you can take them off the, the pup list anytime you want, right? So like yeah. if he wasn't near ready, like they would have no reason not to put him on there. Like his exactly. injury was so late in the season. We when we he said that he was going to be ready for training camp. Me and Ben lost our minds because it just it didn't seem possible. So good for Brandon. Anything else you know with Brandon or anything else with the offense stand out before we switch it over to the defense for today? I'll just touch on Carson again. I just again he hasn't done like it's not that he's like oh my gosh amazing throw after amazing throw like the work has been limited. It's just the consistency with him. Like his first seven on seven series today. Literally all seven of his attempts were complete and he's completing them like all over the field too, like all like depths and and places all over the field. It's not like he's just like doing the same thing over and over. It's not like he's just throwing the Zach Ertz on every play. Like, (laughs) like people would want to criticize him for, um, I just, just seeing that is nice and it's not like shocking. Uh, and it's seven on seven. So no one's pressuring him. It's not like, and it's like, we should expect this from Carson. Like this is, should be like the baseline, you know, this shouldn't even be like anything, um, new, but just, you know, it's still just nice to see. It's encouraging, you know, coming off of last year and seeing that he's healthy. I just think he's definitely in a, a much better place than he was at this time last year. That is great to hear on the Carson side of things. When we come back here on BGN Radio, episode 65, we're going to be talking about the defensive side of the ball for day two of Eagles training camp. We're starting up, baby. That's up next here on BGN Radio. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are back on BGN Radio, episode 65. Michael Kist here with Brandon Lee Gowton. This is all brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. So we talked about the offensive side of the ball for day two of training camp. We're going to switch sides now to the defensive side of the ball. Now, in the press conference with Jim Schwartz, who talked today to the media, he mentioned that Craven LeBlanc, the cornerback, was out today due to an injury, which is why Malcolm Jenkins was getting second team slot corner reps from what I saw. As a side note, I'll add that since Malcolm Jenkins came to Philadelphia, he has played an average 
of 383 snaps as a slot corner alignment per year. And that's from our friends at PFF. So it's great to have a lot of that versatility in the, in the defensive backfield there. But BLG, you mentioned there was possible trade speculation attached to LeBlanc. That seems to have died within the first 24 hours of that. What's going on with his situation? Yeah, there was some speculation that he was actually healthy because he was practicing on Thursday and he was seen in the locker room and he, he seemed to be fine. I did see him get like a little bit nicked up or something. He didn't really have to come off the field, but I remember seeing him uh, and Shelton Gibson kind of really getting into it in a blocking drill on special teams and Gibson beat him out. And I think LeBlanc kind of just stopped, like he kind of stopped doing whatever he was doing for a little bit. So I don't know if it, if it was that. I don't know if he was, you know, having some fun last night because it was his birthday on the 25th. <laughs> and, uh, it's, you know, maybe he was a little dehydrated or tired in the morning, whatever. I don't, I'm just spec- I'm not saying that's the case. I have no idea. I, I, I want to be fair to, to strap that. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. Look, I've had some Yankee flu before. I get it. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, strap, like none of us can hold that against him. He's the man. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jim Schwartz pretty quickly shut that down, just said it was injury related. Blake Countess also didn't practice today after practicing on Thursday. So, you know, a little kind of guys get nicked up. It's just kind of like what happens in training camp. I remember this time last year, there was a bunch of potential trade talk around names like Ronald Darby. Even McLeod was mentioned, even though his contract would, wouldn't really allow for that. Maybe it's somebody like Jalen Mills this year. Are you hearing anything else? Because we were so quick to, to speculate about a trade with a Blanc, considering the way that this young cornerback room is pretty loaded. Have you heard anything on that front or has it been pretty quiet? Uh, no, haven't heard anything. Um, I just think, you know, when you look at the cornerback room, like you kind of said there, there's just, it's clear there's six guys who like have a pretty reasonable chance of making the team, assuming there's no trade. Mm. And, you know, that's it. We all know the names. It's Darby, it's Mills, assuming he's, you know, going to be healthy enough and not on PUP to start the regular season and Sidney Jones and Avante Maddox and Rizal Douglas and Strap. And with Strap, you know, he's in a tough spot because, like, he played well, you know, like, very well mm-hmm. when he came on the field last year. And now he's in a spot where he's probably not going to get much playing time because there's a number of guys ahead of him. You know, it's not like he has the cachet to kind of, like, demand a trade. You know, this is a guy who got released and the Eagles picked him up on waivers last year. So it's not like, you know, he is this high draft pick or he has this status. You know, but he did play well. And I'm sure, you know, he wants to get playing time because he's going to be a free agent after this season. So... I can kind of see why he would want to go somewhere where he can potentially get more playing time. And I think, you know, if it comes around to it and, you know, Joe Joe Douglas is kind of trying to get him, you know, because he knows who Strap is from having been with him last year and having that background. I think they were even maybe together in Chicago. I'm not totally sure on that. Um, In any case, so I I definitely think a cornerback trade is like is lurking out there like in the possible. It's like it's definitely possible, but I don't think it's imminent. I hope it's not the best rock, paper, scissors player who who is straps. I mean, he had a he had a big run as champion there. Uh, Love straps, man. Hope he stays with the team. Going to the defensive line. So the media was around Josh Sweat and Jimmy Kemsky overheard Lane Johnson yell going to be big effing things from him this year so a lot of respect shown from one of the best tackles in the league who's probably you know taking reps against sweat so what do we think about 12 sacks this year being a fair over under for josh sweat um hmm uh <laughs> i'm not gonna be ben and say that it's over i'm yeah. to take the under on that but i mean the josh sweat hype train is starting to kind of ramp up here yeah. i mean uh he's definitely one of the guys on the team who's like one of those okay Circle your, I mean, ESPN or Football Outsiders had that uh, top 25 young players who could break out, and Josh Sweat was on there. Like, he's one of those guys that you look for. I was talking about it with Stonis on BGN Radio that, like, you can see the path. You can see that, okay, he's added weight. Um, you know, he's in his second year. 
he's another year older. Like this is like, and the playing time could potentially be for him there for him as a rotational piece. Uh, and you could potentially see that guy step up. Really, the Eagles need him to step up. <laughs> like they they need that to happen uh, in order to have the pass rush rotation that they ideally can have to compete for a championship, like they've had the past couple of years. So that's that's nice to see. You know, Lane Johnson kind of just saying that on his own, not even being asked about it. You know, because you know when you ask a player about someone, of course they're going to say good things probably about their teammate. The fact that he just said it is is nice. That's encouraging. <laughs> Um, I don't, and Lane's like, you know, pretty, he's brutally honest. He, I, I don't, yeah. I don't think Lane is a, a huge liar. He kind of just says whatever the hell is on his mind yeah. all the time. So uh, nice to see. Also, Jim Schwartz was talking up uh, Josh Sweat a little bit. I think he said he had some of the strongest hands on the team. Uh, also kind of talked about how, you know, just some things that Ben and, and you, Mike, have talked about before with Sweat kind of transitioning from what he played at Florida State to kind of more of the Eagle system. It, you know, it yeah. wasn't just like a natural uh, switch. You know, it wasn't like going from the same thing to the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, that's all well and good. But Jim Schwartz also said at the same time, like, this is a big summer for Josh Sweat. And it is. Like, they're not just handing him this job on a silver platter. They're making him go out there and earn it. And that's what, that's what should happen. You don't just, like, give it to him. So... Uh, he said, you know, the opportunity is there for Josh Sweat to step up, and it's really just up to the player to live up to his end of the bargain. I heard he put on about 20 pounds. Does he does he look thicker now? Uh, I guess. Like, I never, to me, like, when I, when I hear that, like, you know, <laughs> I, I never know to, how much to believe because some guys say, like, they add weight, lose weight, and they don't even look all that different. Um, I guess he looks, you know, a little bit bigger. Um, he still looks like on the lighter side to me just because mm-hmm. of his frame overall because he's like a little bit taller. He, yeah. He's not like Brandon Graham, you know, who's like short and squatty. And when I look at that guy, you know, like that's a that's a thick guy right there. Um, so it's just kind of a different build. Um, but it's not a bad one. I mean, you know, he's very big uh, in terms of like you look at the, the spider chart. He's very athletic. So I love the idea of Josh Sweat. I think that's like a really nice idea. I just want him to like be something, you know, I want him to turn into it. I just, and I just want to see it first before I, I fully believe it. Yeah. If he legitimately put on that weight and then still, and this is the, this is a key thing, able to maintain the explosiveness that he has off the ball, which he never got to really show at Florida State because he had a lot of ball reads where he's waiting to see what happens first. So if he can show that explosiveness along with the, with the size, then things are looking up for him. Obviously, you know, like the long term issues with the knee might keep his snaps down, but keeping it with the defensive line, is there anything different going on with that rotation as far as first team, second team? Is Joe Osman stealing snaps from somebody? Is it looking, you know, what's it looking like? Uh, pretty standard, I would say. You know, you have Brandon Graham uh, and Derek Barnett. Well, when he obviously he's not practicing yet fully, um, he's still working his way back. Um, so it's it's Vinnie Curry and Brandon Graham out there for now, but it'll, it will be Derek Barnett, I'm sure, when he's healthy. And then you have Malik Jackson, who Jim Schwartz is really talking up after practice today, just talking about how like he just he gives his team more pass rush from the yeah. interior, and we all know that. But just specifically talking about like how long he is, that length he has, and and that's something the Eagles really like about him. Uh, and you have Jernigan lining up next to Jackson because Fletcher Cox is still making his way back from injury. I wanted to follow up on the fact that with the linebackers, I had mentioned yesterday with Stolnis that um, I had just seen you know Zach Brown and Nate Gary and Kamu as the three starters in base. I didn't really catch who the linebackers were in nickel, the two guys. And today, they kind of rotated things throughout practice. But for the the first group, the very, very first group, it was Gary and Kamu. Uh, And now Nigel Bradham is missing time. So I think we know which one of those two guys he'll be replacing. I think that's that's Gary, and I think it'll be Bradham. And it could be Kamu ahead of Zach Brown. So uh, still time for that to change, and we'll see how things go and injuries and everything. But... 
right now it kind of seems like Kamu might be ahead of Zach Brown on the depth chart. I, I'm a big Kamu fan, and I'm pounding Same. the table for for a big season from him. I said it last year, you know, that he should be the guy getting the snaps and base. And I feel like you know his athletic profile, his coverage skills, like he seems like a guy that the converted safety out of all of the converted safeties they have at linebacker, like he's the guy for me that takes a step forward this year. I thought he did a nice job last year as well. He really flashed in preseason, kept that going throughout the season. So I'm expecting good things from Camus this year. So it's good for the linebacker depth at the very least. Uh, last thing that I want to ask about, I have a super serious bet with Benjamin Solak regarding Jake Elliott's field goal percentage. I have the under on 85%. How is he looking in practice? Do they even have special teams right now in practice? I don't even know, to be honest with you. They do. Um, they've been working on that. Good, good. Third phase of the game, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen him uh, extensively. Like usually, uh, especially when like pads get go on it gets a little bit more serious and they have like a field goal block team out there mm. to not actually try to block it you know but to pretend to try to block it um at least line up i think i did see him miss a kick today in warm-ups it was hard to tell from how far out just because of the angle i had uh, i did go wide right but like you know it was it was a little bit from further out it wasn't like a chip shot it might have been yeah. like a, a 45 or a 50 so uh nothing too bad there though i think he in in spring i think he was pretty solid so all all good on that front same thing with cameron johnson same thing with rick lovato all, all set on special teams that's fantastic that's great to hear love your special teams analysis blg anything else on the on the day that was day two of training camp for the philadelphia eagles before we uh hit the old dusty trail uh not too much um just kind of looking through my notes here of what because uh, i didn't type these up yet in full disclosure we're doing this podcast <laughs> before the notes go up on the site so if yeah. somehow this drops before i get to that congrats to you you uh you did well um i will say a couple small things sydney jones had a, a nice breakup uh, on a Carson Wentz pass to Mark and Michelle. Let's go. Sidney Jones hot, baby. He didn't like get a, a hand on the ball. He, you oh, know, he kind of just, he kind of like, I'm, I'm just saying he did not get a hand on the ball. <laughs> he kind of contacted the receiver. I don't think it was pass interference. He, he hit him right as the ball got there. You know, you can't really. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> because it wasn't. Okay. It's fair. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah. I don't think it was, but um, it's just kind of funny when you see that in like a, a non contact setting. Cause technically they're like not supposed to do that, but yeah. whatever. Uh, good breakup. I'll give it to him. Also right. saw Matt Collins <laughs> have a, a one-handed catch on a screen. And Matt Collins that was nice. nice, nice to see him. Um, I will say that Darren Sproul still looks quick and fast, which is not like a big revelation to me. Uh, that's what I expect. But just, you know, still nice to know. It looks good out there. And I will give a shout out to the following three BGN radio slash BGN readers, listeners, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I saw Joe, Kelly, and Mark there today. I'm also going to be trying to do that in my notes as well. I just want to give a shout out to anyone who might happen to see me at training camp and come up to me uh, and tell me that you read BGN or you listen to BGN radio. Uh, I wanted to repay the favor by giving you guys a shout out. So thanks for doing that. And if, if you are one of the lucky people who happen to be attending training camp and you see me do the same, try to do the same for you and uh, make sure you subscribe. If you aren't already, you know, subscribe somehow. I don't know how you wouldn't be, but if you are somehow not, uh, please do subscribe to BGN Radio because, as Mike said, there is so much good training camp coverage and additional stuff coming down the pipeline, both here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, BGN Radio, and then BleedingGreenNation.com itself. So just stay tuned here. I mean, you covered it, BLG. Let's get on out of here. Thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio. Keep an eye on that feed as we're dropping new shows all the time. We are in it. We'll catch you next time. G-N. 
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.